Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy and Romance and all of the delicious places they intersect. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Mm. Oh, that was, that's good this morning. Ah, so today is Monday, December 7th. <laughs> I almost said 27th, just the 7th. We still have time uh, to deal with all of the things. Um, my husband watches entirely too much news, uh, which is a, a metric you should accept with some prejudice because I watch zero news. So to me, any amount of news is way too much news. He watches some news. I think it's way too much because he gets worked up. Um, but he's like been telling me that uh, the shipping this Christmas is crazy with the pandemic and that if we don't have everything shipped by December 11th, it won't make it. He's, he's told me that several times. So I am capitulating and we're going to deal with Christmas shopping, which means ordering um, tonight and tomorrow night. I am, um, I mean, we we really need some sort of verbal scale for communicating uh, displeasures with the pandemic. So given that the whole thing is terrible and people are dying. <laughs> but one of the annoying things about the pandemic is that I'm going to do almost all of my shopping online. And getting to go out Christmas shopping is one of the ways that I enjoy the season. It's something that I actually... Um, find very festive and enjoyable. I know that I'm an outlier in that, that not everybody does, but I, I pick where I go. I mean, I don't go to the massive malls or something like that, but I love, especially living in Santa Fe, I love going to the little boutique stores. I like seeing the decorations and the lights. I like stopping in and having wine with lunch at some cute place. Um, I like actual Christmas shopping, which I will not be doing much of this year, unfortunately. Uh, I will try to do some just because of, um, you know, trying to keep some money local. Uh, so, so that's the, that's the uh, holiday preparation portion of the podcast. I just got done with the romance author mastermind weekend. Um, that started on Thursday evening. It was, of course, entirely online, which in some ways made things a little bit better because had I been um, in person, I think I would be even more exhausted. As it was, many of the talks were pre-recorded, so you could start uh, when you needed to. So there were several hours Thursday evening, then all day Friday all day Saturday, and then until like 11 my time Sunday morning. Uh, it was all put on central time since the conference was supposed to be in Houston. So that meant that, um, you know, like the 8 a.m. start was a 7 a.m. start for me, which you guys know isn't that big of a deal for me. Uh, but it was really wall-to-wall, -wall, nonstop stuff. And I had uh, Grace Draven, my bestie, had... Uh, talked me into attending this year and it was going to be very fun I mentioned this before you know that was gonna be at the Four Seasons in Houston and she and I were gonna room and spend a lot of time chatting and drinking wine instead we spent a lot of time on the phone um, doing things together like that um, 
watching some of the things together and or just calling and discussing afterwards. So, I mean, it was as close as we could get. But uh, I had complained to her when I looked at that schedule before. I said, you know, that's a super intense schedule. And I am the person who goes to conferences and attends very few panels and workshops. Especially now at this point in my career. Um, earlier on, I went to like everything. But it's a really funny thing that as your career progresses, and especially if you're trad focused, you end up spending so much time um, meeting with people. You know, you're having drinks and lunches and dinners with your editor and your agents and you know various friends and other people that it's almost like you don't have time to actually attend the conference. The conference is just a reason for you all to be in the same place which is fun and very cool. And I do miss that aspect, but it does mean that sometimes, even if there's something I really want to see, I don't actually get to it. There are things that I try really hard because I, I do believe in ongoing education and especially learning from my fellow authors, sister authors. So, but romance author mastermind was, you know, like one presentation after another, um, Almost all of them were solo presentations, and they were basically uh, these gals saying how they've been successful, which is, hands down, my favorite kind of presentation anyway. If I'm going to hear a writer talk, I really want to hear about how their career, um, what their path was, how they got to where they are. And that's what these gals all talked about. And they gave actual numbers. Um, and I tend to be a skeptic with some of the self-publishing brouhaha with the people saying, I made millions of dollars, you know, and uh, they all sound vaguely like an infomercial to me. And I just feel very strongly that some of them are, if not outright lying, then inflating their numbers. And I had said as much to Grace last year when she had come away from the, uh, she'd attended the weekend. And I said to her, you know, I said, I think a lot of these people distort their numbers, make it sound good. And she said, I know that you think that that's her way of saying that she loves me, but still disagrees. <laughs> and she said, but you have to see these presentations because they, they give actual numbers and you can tell it's real. And, and I have to agree. She, she's right. I saw the actual dollar figures and they were believable because I saw the low ones as well as the high ones. And there were presentations like uh, going from a five-figure author to a six-figure author and going from six-figure author to a seven-figure author, um, diversifying genres and pen names. And none of this was the scamminess, which is my other reservation about some of these things. Uh, none of this was like how to pad books. There was one reference and one Q&A on uh, fluffing books for Kindle Unlimited, which for those of you not in the know, because Kindle Unlimited pays by number of page reads, uh, the longer the book, the more money you get for the book. So there was one reference to fluffing and and it wasn't egregious. It's still not something I would ever do. It was... Um, in Vellum, which is a formatting program, you can choose to, instead of having a new paragraph begin with an indent, you can have a 
essentially a line break or a space break between paragraphs and have them be full justified. So, and that makes your book longer. I still wouldn't do it because I think it's ugly. I probably should do it. <laughs> um, but it was an amazing weekend. It was hugely intense. Um, I only ended up missing three presentations, either because of talking to Grace or just not being able to keep up. Saturday morning, I didn't wake up until like 7.30, which is uh, late <laughs> for me. I rarely sleep that late. And the first presentation had started at 7. So I had to catch up by the time I, uh, you know, like got myself dressed and coffee in hand. It was 8 o'clock and I wanted to watch the live Q&A. So then once you get behind, you're behind. Uh, because the Q&As were all live on Zoom and I wanted to be able to be present for those. So uh, that gives you an example of that I was awfully tired uh, Friday night that I slept so long. Because I went to sleep at like 9 too. So that was the one advantage of the conference being online is that uh, at least I could catch up with the pre-recorded stuff. Uh, had I been actually at the conference, I would have drunk a lot more, stayed up much later. And <laughs> uh, if I overslept at the uh, for the seven o'clock uh, workshop seminar then presentation, uh, I would have missed it. And it was a fantastic one. So I'm glad I was able to catch up with it. The other interesting thing about Romance Author Mastermind Weekend is that not everybody there was a romance author. I think all the presenters were. But, you know, it's fascinating to me all of the different communities within the reading and writing community. And this was a different community. Uh, a number of the presenters, I've never heard their names before. And these are gals who are, you know, selling hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of books every year, even in my same exact genre. And some of them are in Kindle Unlimited. Some, some were wide. Uh, but I get cross-recommended with other fantasy romance authors all the time. You know, like I see stuff on Twitter where people will, you know, put up the, you know, I loved Grace Draven. Uh, who can I read now? And somebody will say, well, have you read Jeffy Kennedy? And and then people will chime in, you know, Amanda Boucher, Jennifer Eastep, you know, they'll, they'll bring up all these other names. And th these are people who don't turn up in those chains because I think we have different pools of readers. And one gal who uh, is doing like multiple pen names and one of them is, is kind of in my genre. She called it fantasy romance, but I still think it was more paranormal romance. I think a lot of paranormal romance are just calling it fantasy romance now. Um, and I, I did get her first book, so I'm going to read it to see. But uh, there was definitely, um, I don't know, it just looked more like paranormal romance to me, which is fine. But I asked her a question. There was... um where you could type in for the, you know, it's via Zoom. So those of you who have been doing entirely too much Zoom this year, like we all have, know that there's like that Q&A function. So I typed in a question for her and she came to it and didn't know how to pronounce my name, you know, and of course pronounced it Hefe. She said, is it Hefe? She says, I don't know if it's Hefe, but it should be Hefe. And 
this is, by the way, far from unusual uh, because nobody knows how to pronounce my name looking at it. Uh, it for most of my life, people assumed it was Jeff. Uh, and only in recent years, it's interesting. And like the last, I want to say four or five years, I've been getting Hefe more and more and more, uh, which of course I've always known was an alternative um, pronunciation. Although in Spanish, Hefe is spelled J-E-F-E. There's only one F, except in Portuguese. And in Portuguese, there's two Fs. But, and as a child of the Rocky Mountain West and living in the desert Southwest, I'm familiar with a lot of Spanish spellings and pronunciations. There's a lot of Spanish infiltrated in the culture here. So I've always been aware of Jefe as an alternative, but only in the last few years have other people. And I don't know if it's like, I don't, I, I'm curious about this. It's like permeating the, the larger culture. Uh, people in places like uh, this gal who's, I think she was in like um, Alabama or somewhere in the South, someone in New England said it to me. So it's funny. It's like, is this all like from Breaking Bad <laughs> or what? Anyway, I digress. Although I will say that, um, like even people who know me, I had this one friend who I'd met through Twitter and we got together when I was in town for a conference, spent a whole day together, uh, later messaged me, you know, like a year later or something like that, or a long time later, and asked me how to pronounce my name. And I'm like, you've met me, you know how to pronounce my name, you know, it's Jeffy. And he said, well, he said, that's what I thought, but I was having brunch with this other mutual friend a person who's never met me except online. And that person had insisted that it was, um, I think Jeff, I, I don't remember what they insisted, but it was wrong. I'm like, why are you even listening to this other person? <laughs> you've met me. You've heard, you've said my name to me, to my face. So anyway, it didn't bother me at all that she got my name wrong because people never know how to pronounce, but it was interesting because I think she, she clearly was didn't know me at all. Was not familiar with my books, um, you know. Didn't didn't recognize my name at all, which is also fine. But it's interesting because I I didn't know who she was either before I saw her presentation. I'd never heard of her or her books, and it's amazing to me just these different circles, because you know. Then in the afternoon on Sunday, I did a work session with the Safwa board. And I was thinking about the people in that room. Uh, none of them even know about romance author mastermind weekend. I mentioned I'd been on a, at a conference online all weekend and none of them asked what it was partly because they all knew it wasn't one they were interested in. And my friend Kelly Robson had brought up this analogy not long ago where she said that a lot of times what we're trying to achieve as writers is all about different nets that we're all trying to hit goals in different nets. And she was consoling a friend of hers who had uh, accomplished some achievement. I don't even know what, and was sad that nobody seemed to care. And she was like, well, you know, the people who care about that, you're not talking to the people who compare, who care about that particular goal. And 
And it's an interesting thing because the Romance Author Mastermind Weekend is almost entirely about self-publishing. Uh, there's some trad people, a lot of people who were in trad and left and to make money in self-publishing, you know, and they are making more money in self-publishing. I am thoroughly convinced of this. Um you know, I saw their numbers and they, and they match my numbers. They match what I've gotten. And there is a gal that she and I have come up at the same time. We've been uh, in similar uh, related genres for the last uh, decade. And we've, our names are very close. We sit next to each other at signings at like RWA and so forth. And so, and so we've been friendly. We're not besties, but we've always been friendly and I like her very much. I think she likes me. She's always nice to me anyway. And he made a comment about just in the chat, along with the presentation that uh, her traditional publisher booted her because she had only sold a hundred thousand copies over her three book trilogy. I guess that's redundant, but only a hundred thousand copies and it wasn't enough for them. And she's moving into, uh, you know, self-publishing. And it's like, well, can you blame her? And and I told her, I, you know, I said, I feel you. I, I really feel you. Uh, the traditional publishers really want the breakout people. The sun is rising, dappling through the tree here. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but it was interesting to immerse in this group who did not care about the goals, the nets of these other communities that I'm part of. Um, none of them care about winning awards, or at least that wasn't their focus. Um, in the science fiction and fantasy community, there's so much focus on the awards, the nebulous, the Hugo's, world fantasy, uh, that's that's the be all and end all. <clears throat> These gals were about making money and paying the bills, and I thought, wow, that was really. It was interesting to swim in that different pond, and I think it's really important for us to swim in those different ponds. Maybe to, if I'm if I were going to stick with the analogy, like go play on different playing fields, check out those other goalposts and see what works for you. Um, there are a lot of ways to do this business. And I think it's easy to get caught up in thinking that only certain goals matter, right? Kind of like who we're talking to the most, who do we want to think that we're neat? Uh, but for these gals and certainly for me, a whole lot of it comes down to, uh, being able to pay the bills these days. And, you know, <laughs> that that feels like a good foundation post, um, a good place to start. So um, I'm just remembering I was supposed to do something today. I was supposed to do a spot for Kensington and I forgot um, let me see if I can add that in really quick. I haven't done any of my research. I think I'm going to have to, um, I'm going to have to do it tomorrow. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, because I was irresponsible about getting it done today. And I've spent all of my time talking about this stuff. So, um, 
that that's my takeaway is that I believe um, that, you know, it's good for us to mix things up and there's really first and foremost, being able to make our living, being able to do well. Uh, those are important things. So, um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm somewhat fatally distracted by the fact that I was supposed to do this post today. And I wonder if I can uh, still pull it out here. So let's see here. Normally I do that at the beginning of the post or the message, but I think I can find this. Aha. Okay, we can do this. Oh, and it's cool too. All right. Uh, this episode is sponsored by uh, the Kensington book, Don't Look by Alexandra Ivy. I'm holding it up for those of you on the video. I'll put it on the show notes. Um, you know, Alexandra Ivy has been around forever. She's an amazing, you know, juggernaut. Uh, New York Times, USA Today, Wall Street Journal, best-selling author. Uh, she does romantic suspense. Um, oh, recently, two of her books, Will You Suffer? Oh, You Will Suffer. Sorry, it was the italics are wrong. And What Are You Afraid Of? Were Amazon bestsellers of the month. Go you, Alexandra. Uh, this particular story. Oh, serial murderer. Um, let's see. Alexandra Ivy proves her powers to terrify and titillate in a thrilling novel of pure romantic suspense as a serial murderer with a kill list stalks the women of a small town in Wisconsin. His victims' bodies are left naked in the snow with nothing but a red scarf around their necks, his sinister calling card. If you're on his list, a woman's naked body is discovered cold and pale as the surrounding snow, except for the crimson scarf around her neck. The weeks that follow bring more victims and evidence of a terrifying pattern. The killer has a list, and every woman on it will get what she deserves. You're as good as dead. Oh, it's so they, they've done a cute thing. The, the blurb is, if you're on his list, you're as good as dead. But I really shouldn't be reading it in that order. So uh, Dr. Lynn Gale followed in her father's footsteps to become a vet in Pike, Wisconsin. For years, she's had little contact with Cure Johnson, the son of the town's late sheriff. Suddenly, he's back, insisting that Lynn's in danger. She can't believe anyone would target her, but someone is hunting the women of Pike, savoring every last moment. Cure hoped that his father's frantic calls about a serial killer were just an old man's delusions, but the body count doesn't lie. In this quiet town, a monster stalks and kills, and soon... Lynn's will be the last name on the list. Well, it sounds awesome. So yeah, pulse-pounding romantic suspense thriller. Uh, Alexandra Ivy's Don't Look. So yeah, be sure to check that out. And everybody deserves success, right? Regardless of their publishing path. And on that note, I will sign off for the day. I will remind you that First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. And you will find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. 
and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.